you woke up this morning, then it's a good day. If you woke up healthy, it's a good day. If you woke up refreshed, then it's a good day to get up, get out, get on your way. If you woke up broke, it's still a good day. If you woke up diseased, it's still a good day. If you woke up exhausted, still a good day because you woke up to get on your way. Welcome to Travel by Proxy, the show where we stay at home like everyone else should right now. I'm Andrea. And I'm Aaron. In each episode, we feature a destination anywhere from right in our neighborhood to far off lands. We bring you our experience, some history, and a taste of each destination by sampling something unique to it. So whether you're listening to this in your car, on a train, on a plane, or in Spain, you'll learn about something to add to your bucket list. Or to remove from it. And in this week's episode, we continue our discussion from last week on what we've been doing to make I am reading the wrong script. Hooray. I was just about to say, that looks like... uh, Uh, I must not have saved this. Uh, All right. Well, in this week's episode, we're going to do our social distancing social hour because it is the social episode. So anything goes. Um, We're going to taste some drinks and basically talk about what it's like being... um, uh, to make s- what, what we've been doing to make social distancing special. So sit back and take a journey with us as we talk about the world outside your window. Yeah, Aaron. Um, so what are you drinking right now? All right, I have two options. One of them is much less classy than the other. First, in a uh, which you can see and our listeners can't, I have this wonderful vacuum sealed thermos cup with a straw, with a reusable Not straw. A not a sponsor, but they're tasty and they're wonderful. Or, well, they're just wonderful at keeping things at temperature. Uh, I have orange soda and vodka in here because I'm classy. Uh, and then the other thing that I have to drink is actually a cider from Keepsake, who we covered several episodes ago, um, down in Dundas, Minnesota. And I have their current Aronia medium cider. Ooh. And it is super, It like, it smells amazing. I can't wait to taste it here in a second. Um, but this again is part of their wild fermented line. So mm-hmm. it, they allow for wild fermentation instead of having a con- more controlled kind of chosen yeast. Which is uh, unique because it means you get sort of a, a slightly unique um, beverage every time. It smells like black currants. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the quality control is amazing from Keepsake. Their their cider is delicious. And they're, when we can travel to places again, mm-hmm. pay them a visit. Um, in the meantime, buy their cider because we love their cider. Oh, that is good. Yeah. I've been like, I've had, I've had too many other flavors in my mouth, um, to really go through it. Uh, cause again, I've been drinking orange yeah. soda and vodka before I took a sip of that. Um, but it's, it's crisp and it's refreshing just like all of the rest of the keepsake that we have tasted over the time. And it definitely has that kind of like black currant, um, with a nice crisp mm-hmm. apple behind it. I don't think they list what apples they used on this one. Mm. No, it's just aged on black currants and aronia berries from our farm, sweetened with fresh cider from our press. Oh, nice. Yeah. For me, I decided to drink the Fair State Co-op. They're a brewery, uh, Fair State Cooperative, or Fair State Brewing Cooperative, rather. Everybody saw it in Minneapolis. I'm drinking their Heckin' Chonker. It is a barrel aged. Yeah, such a good name for it. It is a barrel aged pastry stout. So it's actually a little warmer in the spare bedroom studio today, which means this was not really the greatest choice to drink in here. Mm. Um, But 
Uh, it is a heavy, heavy beer. It lives up to its name. It is 10.5% ABV. Nice. Um, it's built as a big, luxurious brew, uh, blended bourbon barrel-aged pastry stout with vanilla. So Ooh. on a sniff, you get a lot of that, like, that you can get a little bit of that bourbon barrel, like, aroma, but you get a lot of that, like, uh, sticky kind of... Um, like vanilla aroma on it it really lives up to that and then oh my word that is like literally like the first hit is like drinking just like a nice cream um and then it finishes with a like a thick uh kind of bourbony like almost chocolate syrup wow that sounds amazing it's really good i'm kind of sad Um, that i don't have that near me uh to, to <laughs> give it a quick little taste because i like from the description it sounds like i would love it but we have played we have spent enough time together on this show to know that that doesn't always mean anything no it doesn't me. mean anything and honestly like uh i know you well enough to know that the finish on this would probably trigger your like beer yuck mm-hmm. flavor just because um it does have that maltiness to it gotcha. and i know that that maltiness is something that really triggers for you yeah it does but um, i'm going to enjoy my uh my cider here and my uh my super delicious uh orange soda with vodka the only thing <laughs> so this is the one thing about uh if you get stuff from keepsake cidery because the bottle that i was able to find at my local total wine um it's basically the size of a wine bottle but it's yes. a little dimensionally different uh i tried to put a uh, like uh, we have these little like kind of rubber reusable inserts that you can put down into your uh, your wine bottle and it helps kind of aerate and filter out any sediment as you're pouring out, especially the last part of the bottle. And then it has a little rubberized cap that you can put on it. Those don't fit in the keepsake oh. bottles. I was very bummed to find that out. Um, and I know uh, somewhere else we've got some like just kind of wine stoppers that should yeah. fit on the kind of more, like narrower end. Um, but I don't know where they are at the top of my head. Mm-hmm. So I will have to find them here in a little bit because I don't want to just sit and drink this uh, straight through because it is, um, God, this is doesn't have an amount on it. It is a 750 milliliter bottle. Yeah. I would um, imagine they use, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's okay. Um, I just, I, it's, it's very strange that it is shaped like a wine bottle. It is the same size as a wine bottle. It is mm-hmm. flat bottomed. Um, yeah. So it doesn't have that little divot um, up in the bottom that most wine bottles have. So I don't it's know. It's probably similar to a, a beer bomber rather, yeah. than, uh, rather than a wine bottle. Um, it's actually crawler sized. Uh, crawlers are 750 milliliters. Oh, yeah. Um, or uh, 26 point whatever ounces. Basically, yeah. uh, basically half of a growler, uh, which is sixty-four ounces, is the math checkout. Mm-hmm. Not quite six times. That's that comes out to be. Uh, it's a little bit. It's I a little bit more math. than half. That's okay. No, but, or less than half. Either way, it's yeah. slightly less than half. Thirty-two would be uh, half of sixty-four. That is correct. If there were thirty-two ounces, they'd be half a growler. Um, but then you pay more. It's one of those things that when, when you have the ability to share this with two or three people in your home, um, Mm -hmm. or if I had started with this a little earlier in the day, I'd be fine. Um, but I think with like, you know, I just ate, uh, some delicious pizza and garlic bread, uh, red Savoy. 
Oh, nice. Yeah. The original Savoy Pizza is is no longer, but Red Savoy still remains as a franchise uh, here in the uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul metro area. And uh, we started ordering from them. Uh, this is actually, this is the stupidest part. We started ordering from them like two weeks ago, and um, they've been wonderful. But I found out yesterday, as we record this, it is uh, it is Tuesday, the 19th of March, or May. I don't know why I keep saying March. It's Tuesday. Red Savoys are closed on Mondays, and I didn't remember that. So I ordered delivery yesterday, and I set it for like 5.30 p.m., and I'm like, oh, we'll have pizza in like an hour and a half. (laughs) And then it's 6 p.m., and my wife is like, well, we don't have pizza yet. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I'll I'll double check. And it's like, I think it got confirmed. I got the email. And then she looks at something else and she's like, you know, they're closed on Mondays, right? And I'm like, well, why does that matter? Oh, wait, what day is it? And then like, I had to look and I double checked and it was, uh, you know, my confirmation on the 18th was for 5.30 p.m. on the 19th. So I ended up accidentally meal planning <laughs> for today. So I have to, I have to tell you, in advance. I have I have almost done something like that with a plane ticket. Mm. Um, not because the airport was closed. Well, actually, sort of. Um, but mostly because I misread. I I forgot that like the day ticks over. You know when it goes yep. from like midnight to one a.m. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just fly out at one a.m. on on the uh you know the the night of right. Yeah. So I'm like getting there. I'm about to book it, and I'm like, all right. So I'm gonna go to this event. Um, and it's gonna I'm going to fly out at 1 o'clock a.m. so I can get home, get some rest, and have a full day to rest. And I'm all ready to book my ticket. And thankfully, my spouse looks at the reservation I'm about to book and says, "Uh, Honey, you realize that this means that you'll only be at your destination for 12 hours, right? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. We never actually went on that trip either. Uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I should probably never, like, book travel on my own unless i'm uh unless i you know i'm doing this like with with lots of research in advance and time well i mean that's how you know we ended up uh my wife and i when we went to your wedding uh we had a 12-hour layover in denver uh because when my wife was booking the tickets she's like oh Okay, so we'll fly out in the morning. We'll land in Denver at like seven thirty a.m. Uh, like seven thirty, and then I've got this like you know eight fifty, eight fifty five uh, flight. So we'll you know have a short layover, get straight on into Vegas, uh, not noticing that the the arrival in Denver was at seven thirty a.m. and the departure was at eight fifty five p.m. And so we had this wonderful moment where we had twelve and a half hours. <laughs> in the denver airport and there was all these people like you should have left it's we could have but like we didn't really know anyone in the area and we didn't really have anything like you know it's like because the denver airport is not right next to downtown no it's not because it's like that would have been a whole extra like you know you have to take some sort of car service you know your lift or your or your taxis and then you'd have to get, get down into denver and then it's like find something to do mm-hmm. and then get back, go back through security and, you know, make your flight. And we were hoping once we realized what was happening with that, we would be able to just get 
like change our flight while we're there and be like, there's got to be something else from your airline going to Las Vegas earlier. And by the time it was all said and told, it was going to cost almost double what it cost for us to get our tickets initially to change to an earlier flight. And so we just said, screw it. We played a whole bunch of Pokemon Go. We ate all our meals in the Denver airport that day. Um, we had like, you know, KFC for dinner and like McDonald's for lunch. And we had some other snacks and we just like, you know, I luckily when I travel, I always keep a power brick and charging cords and like chargers for my devices. Yeah. So like I had, you know, I had a whole, uh, you know, three outlet power brick to plug into a wall outlet so we could, you know, there's three outlets and two USB ports. So we could charge uh, like all of the devices that we needed. So we could sit down and like read books and uh, you know, like watch a show or watch a movie or something, and then kind of get up and wander again. So we made a day of it, um, but it was definitely I, I would not recommend spending yeah. half a like literally half a day in the Denver airport, but it can be done. I think it beats. I kind of think that beats uh, lockdown right now. Sometimes, yeah. So um, speaking of that. That was a really terrible transition. <laughs> um, wh- so you've you've ordered fr- you've ordered pizza. Um, what is the last meal you made? I made uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and uh, mac mac and cheese from a box. Okay. Um, yesterday evening. Not to say that you're not proud of that meal, but what is the last meal you made that you're proud of? That I'm really really proud of? Yeah. In mm. in lockdown. Or we're just excited I would... about. I would have to say I've made uh, I've made several pizzas from scratch because uh, I found a dough um, that's like a super quick, you know, like 10 minute dough with a five minute kind of resting period. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you lamp that about in that. the show I've notes made, from the last I've time? I've made some really good. What was that? Did you link that in the show notes from last time? I don't know if I did. OK, well, you better do, do it, it this, this time one. because this is the second time you yeah. mentioned that dough and now you have it to is. link it. Okay, I will. Um, and send me the recipe. Also, oh, definitely. Um, I also did uh, a lot of pasta and pasta sauce from scratch. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister found this great recipe that it's really just kind of like, you know, take, uh, you know, canned stewed tomatoes and uh, and throw in probably half a stick of butter um, and then throw in an onion and then kind of spice it to your taste. And then it just sits and simmers for 45 minutes. Um, and then take out the onion because you just want the like flavor imparted. You don't need the like kind of because once onions render out oh, for that, that, much, that amount so of time. Good. Yeah. Uh, but then you just hit it with an immersion blender, um, like pulse it. So you, you want the tomatoes to not just be huge chunks, but I mean, you I don't want onions, everything fine. That still sounds good. No, the onion, you pull the onions completely out. You just get the like essence in there. Um, and then you pull the actual like because you just chop the mm-hmm. onion in half, drop the halves in, pull those out. Um, cause that just really helps, um, with yeah. the aromatic portion of it. Um, cause you're not like oh. sweating the onions and you, I generally put in, um, a little bit of minced garlic mm-hmm. as well. Um, and just leave that to cook in. Uh, and then again, once you, once you pulse that with the, uh, immersion blender to break up the really big chunks, you still have, uh, you know, it's, it's a fairly meaty kind of sauce. There are, we don't actually have any meat in it, but it's got like, it's fuller bodied. It's not runny. Um, and you don't have just like huge chunks of vegetable uh, floating around in it. Uh, And then I put that on some homemade fettuccine. I wish so. um, I, I, on an old Reddit account, 
Mm-hmm. I had a I had a, a pasta recipe or not pasta sorry a pizza sauce recipe that somebody posted. It mm. was the it was one I I absolutely loved, and I haven't been able to find another one that Ooh. truly tastes like it. Mm-hmm. But um, it was it I mean it was it was made with like all canned ingredients, so like it it wasn't like like made with like fresh tomatoes or anything like that. It was made mm-hmm. with canned ingredients. Like you put you actually added sugar to it. But yeah. like you, you let it, you let all the acids break down at least one day, in the in the jar. Mm-hmm. It was the most painful thing in the world to eat for me. I have I have uh, acid reflux, like like, yeah. like really really bad. Yeah. Um, I, I wonder if I could actually eat it now because I haven't had it since I started getting treatment for it. Back when I used to use it, like I would make it because I loved the taste of it, but it would give me such. <laughs> bad heartburn but it was the best tasting pizza sauce i've ever had like and i don't mean it like as and i hate that like like because like i'm a i'm the person that made it but like it yeah. really was because it it had it had that garlic flavor like it had that mm-hmm. that rich like um almost like irony garlic flavor mm-hmm. you know How, you know what i'm talking about like that that yeah. almost you know like when guy when garlic uh is just strong enough to kind of have remind you of iron yeah or like metal yeah but not enough where like it's overwhelming and it was sweet because of the sugar like you had you had the sugars from like the tomato sauce and like a little bit of like the added sugar and it it had all breaking down and you had the acidity from uh the tomato uh from like the the fruit like breaking down in the thing um, and it and it added like a little bit of a burn on your tongue and and just flavor in your mouth as you ate. That's that sounds so amazing. I like so when I was looking for pizza dough recipes, um, my uncle who you know used to own a company that made pizza dough professionally uh, and sold it to a lot of people. Uh, he recommended something called PizzaToday.com, and uh, when mm-hmm. I looked at it, here's the here's the thing. It has so many resources for sauces and dough recipes and like other things. And like, you know, it's like over other kind of like flatbreads and things like that, uh, like focaccias. Um, The only problem is they are designed for industrial size mixers. So all of the recipes that I found, it's like 26 cups of flour or it's measured in pounds. Like I saw one that was like, it's like 50 pounds of flour and like a quart of like of active yeast. And it was like, okay, (laughs) that's, that is way more than I need. Cause I like, I, I am really bad at uh, doing the math to uh, like, pair those recipes down to get like two to three two to three dough balls and a yeah. lot of those recipes also it really it really takes into account um that you need you know you generally if you're going to get pizza dough most of the times if it's being made a little bit ahead of time you're looking at like a three-day uh rise situation like three days worth of rise and and kind of dealing with the dough um, if you're getting it flash frozen, it's easier to kind of deal with it once you thaw it out. There's like, I could go to the wall on pizza dough information. I'm not going to do that right now just because I don't feel uh, comfortable <laughs> going that hard in the paint on it right now. But it's, you know, like Thank there's a lot of this blog with me. Yeah, there's a lot of like even like partially fermented doughs that they have that yeah. give you like a sourdough kind of tang and crunch 
um, when you make it into a pizza. Like I, I seriously yeah. could have spent a week doing nothing but looking at those and reading the descriptions. Yeah, um, I'm literally drooling right now. <laughs> right. I'll link it uh, in the show notes in the uh, on the website uh, at travelbyproxy.com. Listeners, this will take your if you're a pizza fan. Um, this site will take your time. Like, mm-hmm. it it's amazing. I mean, it it like it gives you recipes, but mm-hmm. it's so much fun to look at all these. Yeah, holy crap! It it's you know again it's you know my uncle is one of those people that he goes, you know he used to go to food shows. Mm-hmm. to sell his wares and buy things, you know, so he bought, you know, like he's the one that moved us from the big stone ovens um, at the shop we were using and, and got us to the, uh, the like convection ovens with a conveyor belt on them. Uh, and that's how, you know, those pizzas could be cranked out in a grand total of about seven minutes with five minutes of cook time. Um, because it's very much an assembly line at that point. You know, it's like you have, because it was the one at Canterbury Park, and you have this in this nice little area. Yeah, in Minnesota, Shakopee, so it's Minnesota. A, it's a horse racing gambling facility in Shakopee, Minnesota. Um, place there is called Pizza and Pasta. We'll link to it. Um, we talked about it on our pizza episode. You know, back at episode five, I think um, um, four or five. But uh, you know that you know you roll out your dough, put sauce and cheese on it, and get your toppings and throw it into the oven. And that whole process takes about a minute and a half uh, from start to finish, from grabbing the dough to uh, putting it in the oven. And then it's five minutes through the conveyor, out the back, slice it up, and it's ready to go. I'm sending you order now, Aaron. <laughs> I dare oh, you to make this. The ghost pepper glaze. Holy crap! Yeah. Oh, that is. Just okay. I, I'm gonna stop looking at this because we still have more of an episode <laughs> to record, and we don't need to sit here like I don't need to sit here just zoning out looking at pizza recipes because our listeners don't want to just sit here listen to Aaron wax on about Canterbury Downs. I, I mean, they it, do, they do. Like, yeah, but yeah, um, but no, no like, so, like I said, pizza today dot com. It is yeah. incredible. Yeah, as so a your resource. your background. And like so, for for our listeners' disclosure, Aaron's background really is in pizza. Mine comes from grilling. Uh, when I graduated from college, I worked for my dad doing uh, cooking and smoking demonstrations uh, mm-hmm. across the country, uh, selling trying to sell cook cookware, like like not cookware but outdoor cooking. So like grilling, like grill, like grills, and grills, grilling implements, grilling implements, uh, smokers. So I really do. I don't like. I wouldn't say I like know my way all the way around a grill, but I I do know. I have a really decent understanding of how to grill. Yeah. And I can grill pretty well. Um, I remember one actually of the things, you at one of those shows. Yeah. One oh, of my what? favorite... Well, there was also the... Did you go to the July 4th campout where I just decided to start cooking? No, I missed that one because that okay. was when I was... That uh, was your, yeah, that was when you were... I was in Cincinnati then, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... When you the the cool thing about grills is that like they're like they really are basically outdoor ovens. So mm-hmm. if you you can create so many different ways to cook with them, and one of the key things that people forget when they're grilling, and and this is extraordinarily important, we've talked about it multiple times, is there are two different ways to cook. There's direct and indirect heat, especially yep. if you're cooking on propane versus charcoal. Yeah, um, I cook propane just because I prefer consistent heat. A lot of people love charcoal, charcoal flavor. I can season my meat better mm-hmm. than people who ch- cook on charcoal. 
I'm good with either. It depends on the application. It depends on what I have access True. to. Right. Um, exactly. I, mm-hmm. When I have when I have my like perfect setup, I have you know real chunk car, you know charcoal. That's it's not the little pressed briquettes. It's right. the like pieces of black. You're talking about wood whole chunk firewood. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, so I, I like prefer to use the that. speed a bit. <laughs> yeah. No. I like I've done I've done a lot of stuff with propane. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there there was one time. God, five, six years ago, um, like a friend of ours was a like pet sitter and Mm -hmm. the person like they, they would stay at the person's home and watch their pets while the people were out of town. And the person said like, you know, if you want to bring a couple people over, do so just clean up and kind of thing. And it's like, it was literally like that person, their spouse, my spouse and myself went over there and just like sat in the backyard and kind of made some stuff, but they actually had an indoor grill, like a propane grill that was like one of those big industrial kind of sets. Those are cool. In like what used to be a four season porch or a three season porch that had been completely finished out. So it was a sitting room. Um, So that was super fun. Um, And that was a lot. It it is a lot easier with propane to set up zones of direct and Mm -hmm. indirect heat and kind of have your low, medium and hot spots. Um, Whereas with charcoal, there's a lot more fiddling around with piling things up in one side. You know, you can get a little too cold. Um, and so I like my is... scientific cooking. Like, mm-hmm. I'd rather just cook to the way I want to cook. I will it's say, also... though. Oh, oh, sorry. I was going to no. say that I will say, like, um, for our listeners that are out there, like, trying new things, especially in social distancing. And I realize that some of our listeners probably don't have access to this. But if you do, um, mm-hmm. try using your smoker as an oven. Yeah. Like, uh, get some, get like, even get box brownie mix. Yeah. And toss it in your smoker and bake it in your smoker. You um, can also, if you've got, um, cause it needs to be a little bit hotter than a smoker can get generally, you can make some killer cornbread in mm-hmm. a cast iron skillet on a grill. Like just right. cover that thing up. Like let that, let your grill burn down a little bit. Like cook your, cook your steaks and your. Uh, and your burgers or, you know, your vegan options from the herbivores butcher, if you want, like do that. And then you can mix up your cornbread, have that in your skillet, drop that onto the heat and then just cover your box and just let it, you know, let the air keep coming through. So it stay, it maintains temperature for that time you're going to need to cook, which really could be anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the recipe for cornbread that you're using. Um, but that should get you a nice kind of smoky flavored sweet cornbread that'll be perfect for dessert at the end of a cookout. The other thing that I will say too is um, we're not professional chefs. So no, um, no I mean this generally, like yeah. we are not professional chefs. So we just like to don't be afraid to season your meat. Mm-mm. Like, Seriously, like I grew up with, uh, and I'm sorry, Dad, if you ever listen to this episode, but um, <laughs> I grew up with a dad who who insisted on always like salt and pepper. That's the only thing I season my steaks with salt and pepper, and I hated steak. Like I'd eat it, yeah, but I really didn't like steak because he always cooked it to like medium rare, and he seasoned it with salt and pepper, and all you tasted was medium rare steak, which mm-hmm. like people like people like if you like that good but yeah if that's what you're going for it's okay but if you if you want more flavor do it make sure to season your steaks um a little bit before you cook them i i honestly would say like an hour or two if you think that you've put enough salt on it uh especially if it's like if it's more than an inch thick 
and you think you've put enough salt on it, make sure you double that amount on both sides, uh, even, even if mm -hmm. you're using like a kosher or a sea salt. Yeah, um, or you can put a little bit of oregano in there. Um, yeah, oregano, cayenne paprika. pepper, paprika, chili powder. Uh, you use know, go the, to your spice if cabinet. If you have a good nose, use the sniff test. Mix up your spices mm -hmm. in a in a tureen before you actually put it on your meat, mm -hmm. and use the sniff and taste test before you and actually if, put it on your meat. If you don't want to try mixing things on your own, go to your grocery store, go to Target, sorry, go to yeah. Aldi. There, there's so many like steak and, and poultry rubs and try to use poultry rubs on a steak. Try to yeah. use steak rubs on poultry. Like they, um, they're, they're all just spices that can go on any protein. And if you find a rub that you really like, look at the ingredients list and then buy mm -hmm. the individual ingredients and start experimenting with different um, variations amounts and variations of those ingredients because you might find a like a flavor combination that works better for you. Yeah, like Mexican so, oregano is definitely different than Italian or what we consider exactly. to be regular oregano. Mm -hmm. So do you have some grilling tips for us? Do you have cooking tips for us? Do you just want us to talk about something that isn't about social distancing? Leave us a comment or uh, send us an email. Fans at travelbyproxy.com. The Travel by Proxy theme is Good Day by Alex, copyright 2012. Our closing music is Now We're Talking by Jerris, copyright 2015. Both are licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 license and can be found at dig.ccmixter.org. Thank you very much for listening to this week's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and we wish you a look out your window. 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 Take a look out your window. Walking with you and your moving peace stones and your rearranging all the pieces that you find. Now we're talking about things and places, all the names and the faces. All the people that you love